Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. Our guests today are Andrew and Heather Manzano. Andrew is a renowned videographer who has gathered more than 20 national film and television awards. He serves as the main videographer for leadership expert John C. Maxwell. And his list of other clients include Lionel Richie, InSync, Kodak, Colgate, Maytag, Dr. Pepper, and Office Max. His work has been used by Glenn Beck, seen on Newsmax, Fox News, TLC, TBN, MTV, and the Discovery Channel. Heather is a speaker, trainer, professional coach, mentor. Her life's work is focused on leadership and communication development, professional skills, and personal growth. For more than two decades, Heather has worked within corporate America as senior management, focusing her energies on creating cultures of communication and collaboration that foster growth. When not working, Heather enjoys life in Port St. Lucie, Florida with Andrew, her husband of 33 years, and their 17-year-old son, Brandon, and 25-year-old daughter, Brianna. Noel and I have a terrific conversation with Heather and Andrew Manzano about building a business, raising your family, and some practical tips for just making it happen. They are wonderful people who are serving the world with their gifts and talents and together impacting the lives of many, helping them reach their highest potential. Well, Heather and Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have this conversation and just uh, share your journey and experience as entrepreneurs. Well, thanks. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So, Andrew, I know you've been an entrepreneur for quite a while. And uh, just would you share about your company and your your journey into entrepreneurship? Uh, Sure. Basically, in... 1995, I was working at a music store in New Jersey and the owner of the music store said, hey, um, I need to move on to another type of business. Um, Would you want to buy this music store? And I was, you know, came to Heather and we decided together that we would be able to do so. And so we've been our own bosses since 1995. Uh, In 97, I put a recording studio in the back half of that music store. And by 1999, uh, all of my income was coming from the recording studio. I continued recording and just doing audio uh, until 2005, but um, it was video was added to that in 2001. Our pastor actually came in and said, hey, I love what you're doing with audio. Could you do the same for video? Now, at the time, I was already recording like Lionel Richie and, you know, movie soundtracks and, you know, that type of thing. And um, I said, sure, let's try it. You know, so I added the video to it in 2001. So, you know, going back 20 years now. But uh, we have been 
uh, at least my part of our income has been entrepreneurial since 1995. So self-employed uh, since 95. And, um, you know, there's been some times where, you know, you, you have to weigh the, the, the risk reward of, do I want to go out on my own and make a lot more money, but chance making no money? <laughs> um, so that's the entrepreneurial life. Absolutely. So obviously, Heather, you've jumped into the entrepreneurial world as well. And so would you mind sharing about your side? Yeah, sure. So most of my working life um, has been spent in the corporate world. And it wasn't until um, I mean, I worked in banking for uh, what, like 20, 22, 23 years and kind of worked my way up the corporate ladder and figured that that would be my life. Really, um, I figured if one entrepreneur one paycheck, <laughs> steady paycheck. Benefits. <laughs> Benefits, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing was working out pretty nicely. But when I joined the John Maxwell team um, in 2014, 2014, he's the dates person. I joined so, in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> 2014. Uh, actually, I was sent to the John Maxwell team by the company that I worked for <laughs> to um, help with leadership development within the company because that was that fell under my uh, area of responsibility. And so they sent me and I'd, I'd listened to John Maxwell for years. And so uh, they sent me to be certified and bring the information back to the company. And who knew that they were planting the entrepreneurial who knew? bug? <laughs> so it wasn't until then that when I was at the IM, uh, the international certification uh, event the second time, that uh, I kind of started getting the bug, like Andrew says, he pushed me like he was constantly pushing me, you should do this for more than just your company, you should go do this for, you know, all these other companies. And you know, he just the entrepreneurial spirit is so strong when you're an entrepreneur at heart. And he wanted, you know, he, he had pushed me to be doing it. And it wasn't until I kind of caught the vision of you're right. Like I, not only do I uh, love teaching leadership, but I want to be able to take this to more to more people, to more companies. So I kind of started dipping my toe in the water over the next uh, year or two and um, worked one-on-one -on -one at the time with the uh, president of the John Maxwell team uh, at that time, Paul Martinelli, uh, did some personal mentoring with him to kind of help me uh, make not just the um, physical or the, the business step, but to make the mind sh shift set. Uh, mind shift, mindset, mindset shift. shift that you have to have to do that as well, especially Careful. yeah, <laughs> the mindset shift that you have to have to make to take that step. So for me, it was, um, you know, it was a, a, a step out of my comfort zone into uh, into a world where I was living my passion. And, and so passion started pulling me a little a little greater at that time. And I made this the step in 20. Uh, was it six, 17, 18, 20, uh, 18. Yeah. And so Manzano consulting was born and I uh, started, I actually, what happened was the company that I worked for allowed me to go part-time. So I, I continued working with them part-time training part-time. Um, and then I eventually made the shift out into full-time, uh, training, doing my own business, but continued with the company that I worked for as my first client. Like oh, they, they became the best. Yeah. 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 So she knew that they needed her talents still. In fact, it was toward the end of 2017 
late late 2017 because we actually came down to Florida in, in 2018. Yeah. Visited in 2017 and moved in 2018. Close. Right, yeah. Yeah. I'll leave the dates <laughs> to you. January, February of 2018, we moved down here. Yeah. But if uh, working at her job there at the credit union, that was, you know, a great suggestion from her mentor to like, you don't just have to leave cold, you know, it's j jump and build your wings on the, on the way down is, is one way of doing it. But if you can actually start those wings before you jump, uh, you're a lot farther ahead and crashing is a lot less likely. So <laughs> if you, um, you know, she was able to go to her boss and say, this is, you know, what you have planted in me is something that's great, but we've actually, you know, this is something that I have a vision for doing this at a lot of different companies. So she started doing like disc assessments at other companies and, and uh, you know, leadership game at schools. And, you know, so there were other clients that she was able to do in her spare time. And then it became, how about I work from full time down to, you know, this many hours a week and then this many hours a week and kind of wean you off of me, but still using my talents and you guys can pay me as an independent contractor. And so that was kind of the best of both worlds yeah. to, uh, you know, and now she has been uh, an independent contractor since uh, 20, late 2017 now. So, wow. Yeah. Five years. Wow. Time flies. I think 2018 was the first time I think we may have met you guys. We were at that IMC. That, that's right. Yeah. And it was the same thing. I was around on a Segway. <laughs> I was sent sent by uh, by my employer in thinking that it was going to improve. And from February of 2018 at the IMC to April, I made the leap. So <laughs> so left them. So what is the blessing of being entrepreneurs and raising a family? Well, one of the blessings of being an entrepreneur and raising a family is you can pick. We now live an hour and 45 minutes from Disney. So literally we can do a family trip. It's a lot easier to travel and be portable. Uh, you know, around Christmas time, we packed up and went up to an Airbnb in Pennsylvania and stayed for 10 days. And, um, so, you know, we're a lot more portable as a family. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that has kind of happened through the course of this is our daughter and son have both caught the entrepreneurial Surprise! bug. Yeah. <laughs> so our son is 17 and he's, he's not even wanting to go to college. He wants to go right into what I do. Um, and our daughter is 25 and she worked in the corporate world for a while. She actually worked for the John Maxwell team for a couple of years. And then she branched off and is doing the entrepreneurial thing. And now she's a full-time freelance writer. She's got tons of clients. She's on retainer. She does write for us when we, you know, twist her arm, <laughs> but, uh, they both see, the benefits of the entrepreneurial life. And, um, you know, we have worked a real strong work ethic into them. And so there's very little, you know, laying around and doing nothing. Almost any one of us that's watching TV also has a laptop on our lap doing something, uh, you know, whether it's designing a logo or doing budget numbers or checking emails or something. So we, we definitely have taught our kids that uh, you can be industrious and still enjoy yourself. We do take time off, but you know, it's definitely 
it has drastically changed the family, you know, our family dynamic. Yeah, I think freedom, The I would definitely say the biggest blessing um, that that I think of is the portability and the freedom to be able to set your own schedule, to be able to work from anywhere. I mean, there were there was a, a time, I don't know, a couple of years ago where literally um, so our son was doing a virtual school at the time because the other the rest of us were portable and all of us were working in Disney. Like we just took our laptops and went into <laughs> Disney and sat and worked. And there's so many times we said to each other, what a blessing. Like we can, you know, we can do that. And, and we can we can go and we can travel and you know if there's a, a meetings or whatnot they're virtual we can we can sit and do it and then and then put it away and you know and go out and, and enjoy the the world I mean we absolutely love to travel we went to uh, England a couple of years ago and that, that wasn't during school time but no I mean just literally on a daily basis where Heather takes our son to school his school is almost an hour away um, he goes to a school where, you know, it's a high school on the back lot of a working movie studio. So it is oh, nice. uh, an amazing experience for him to learn filming and editing and, and 3D animation and that type of thing. But Heather's able to drive him to school. She gets home at, you know, 830 or so. And then we go to the gym. And so our schedule is our own. So we we if we need to set, you know, John Maxwell will call me and say, I need to do an early session. So I run the studio that John Maxwell films at all the time. Uh, I say I run. I am the sole person that is running that studio. So it, when he's, he'll, he'll call or text me and needs a session early in the morning, I have to go in early. So my clients set my schedule. Um, but if I want, Somebody says, are you available for this meeting? And I know we've got some family thing going on. I say, I'm, I'm already booked. What, how's later in the day, you know? So it's easier for Heather to, you know, if Brandon needs to be picked up early or late from school or, you know, any of that kind of stuff, it's, it's uh, our schedule is generally our own. You mentioned earlier when, when Heather talked about making her leap, um, the, the power of, of mentorship and obviously you guys have both been been mentored along your journey how have mentors helped you and how would you encourage an entrepreneur to to find the mentor that they need it's funny because heather's actually written a course and is in the process of writing a course on mentorship so she mm -hmm. has started teaching people about mentorship for 20 years she's been setting those programs up for people I think mentorship is for me um, was so important because it allowed me to borrow someone else's belief. Um, that was huge for me. Um, having weekly times where, I mean, Andrew, he's always been my biggest cheerleader, you know, but it's kind of like um, our daughter, you know, will always say, well, I mean, I'll look at her sometimes and say, you're just so beautiful. And she'll say, well, you have to say that because you're my mom. And I would say, well, you kind of have to say that because you're my husband, you know, but um, I know he really believes that. But having someone outside of that who was able to push and pull and encourage and believe in me and on a weekly basis, you know, give me an outsider's perspective and say, you can do this um, and I can help you and I can show you and um, and you do have it in you. And um I think that for me was the biggest, the biggest benefit. Um, the knowledge, of course, that a mentor can bring is important. But for me, 
it was someone who believed in me that was outside of my circle of immediate influence or family that, you know, might have to say that this was somebody who had done it, accomplished it, and was now looking at me and saying, you can absolutely do it too. I love, I love the power of borrowed belief and, mm -hmm. and being able to have somebody that's, that's in your corner, believing in you until you build up enough belief in yourself. Yeah. I'm her biggest cheerleader, but I don't wear the cute little outfit anymore. <laughs> um, actually, she at work, she used to one of the things she would do with with employees that were newer employees is she would pair them up with other people in the company and they would do like a monthly lunch or a weekly lunch. And she mm -hmm. would she would set up activities and assignments for them to carry out with their mentorship partner and that that person it could be that the employee was 20 and the new employee was 60 but it's it's a you know how do we give put a, a relationship together and it's not all one direction you know a mentor mentee relationship there is a give and take there there is input from both parties but um, the ability to shortcut the training time or shortcut you know if somebody came to my studio and i said here's all four cameras here's the switcher there's the lights there's the microphone i'll see you later run this session with john it would be way easier if i spent two or three days and mentored them through the process and shortcut the time and they would be a lot less likely to burn my studio down if you know if they're actually taking someone through the process and that's what a mentor can do in any area of your life whether it's in in business or having somebody teach you how to sail on a sailboat, you know, with sails mm -hmm. instead of a speedboat, like take me through the process, show me hands on how to do this thing. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't take advantage of that. And it's kind of silly. Um, and it's, it's not super cheap because <laughs> I mean, her first one-on-one -on -one mentorship was probably 18 grand for the a six month program. And, um, it's like, do I believe, you know, in myself that much? And do I believe I'm worth that kind of investment? And had we not put that money out, the, we neither one of us would be where we are today um, because that opens so many doors. Um, so, you know, use the, yeah. Use the word investment rather than most people look at it as an expense. And exactly. The difference, the difference is is tremendous yeah i mean an expense if you pay your electric bill every month that money is gone if you invest in a property that money that property will be paying you every month you know mm -hmm. the, so it, it is mentorship has paid us back dividends and will for the rest of our lives you know we're not going to say that you just called heaven property but I don't know. You know, analogy way too far. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny though that one of the things Andrew uh, brought up on that that was a big awakening for me when I first was considering mentorship, um, and it was you know it was high a high cost mentorship, and I remember thinking over the weekend when it was proposed to me and I, we were making a decision, Andrew right away was like, no doubt, absolutely, you have to do it, and I wasn't quite as quick uh, to see that and. I found myself over the weekend going, uh, running the paces of all the other things we could do with that money, mm. right? Like it's $18,000. We could, we could pay off our car. We could 
pay the first, you know, year of our daughter's college tuition with that. We could, and I, I remember taking myself down the list and then all of a sudden I had this kind of oh, aha moment. And I remember thinking, interesting that you're willing to invest that money in all those other things or people or people. But, and you, so you think your daughter's first year of college is worth it. You think paying off the car is worth it. You think a, 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 you know, a wonderful family vacation is worth it, but you don't think you're worth it. Mm. And that was a big moment for me when I was like, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm going to make a determination that I am worth it. And then, you know, and, and then we did it and, um, and everything changed after that. So. Yeah, ever since then, I've never thought twice. If I get stuck with, if there's a piece of gear that I'm like, I don't know how to run this, and I find a YouTuber that knows how to run that piece of gear and they're doing really well with it, I immediately book a one-hour session with that person if they do one-on-one -on -one consultation. And I say, here's the problem I'm running into. I make X amount per hour. If this person is even two hours you know, of my, my hourly rate, uh, fine. It'll save me five hours of, you know, bumping my head against the wall. So it can be a short term. It can be a short term thing as well as yeah. the next six months of somebody walking you through something or the next year or two years, you know, so we, we definitely are evangelists for, for mentorship. <laughs> ah, love that. Yeah. So yeah, just, uh, just reminds us of a sounds like a mom who just puts others first, and that's just that's just what we do. It, it, I see that and trying to consider what my next steps are, um, and making a similar having to make a similar decision at some point. So let's talk about the power of connection and the value of connection, not only in in building yourself up, but in in building up your company. Uh, my goodness, connection is um, is so important. Um, you know, uh, John Maxwell always asks the question, "Who do you know that I should know?" Right? Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> um, I think that connection for us, mentorship and connection, have probably been the, right up there the two of the two of the most important things in getting us where we are today. Yeah, in 2017, we were going through a program where one of the things that they ask you to do is sit down and write down goals in each area of life. And it's like financial and relationship and spiritual mm -hmm. and, you know, all these different areas. And most of the goals that we had had to do with the network of people that we wanted to be involved with. And we just set our intention some of those positions were not paid positions. They were simply get me in proximity of people who are doing what we want to do. Uh, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to carry somebody's water. I'm willing to, you know, figuratively and literally. And so just getting around people who are doing what you want to do on a level that's beyond what you're doing is um, the name of the game. And so we ended up coming down to Florida, doing a two month Airbnb just to be in the proximity of the John Maxwell team and mm -hmm. see, is there anywhere we can fit in? Is there anywhere we can be used? And we started volunteering for things. And very quickly we were, you know, we became, you know, on the team and indispensable to, uh, you know, to 
a whole bunch of different aspects of the team. And so, um, you know, they say, well, who, you know, you, well, I don't really know anyone. Well, guess what? We didn't know anyone yeah. either. You know, it I, takes, it takes yeah. getting in their face. I mean, years ago, I, I wanted to meet a couple different famous, there were some Christian artists that I was interested in meeting and uh, you know, John Schlitt from Petra and John <laughs> Elefante was the lead singer of Kansas. And um, actually the music artist, Carmen, uh, another big art. He actually reached out to me, but there were a few artists that I wanted to reach out to. So I reached out to them through their managers or whatever and said, I'm willing to do a music video for you for free just to pour into you, just to be around you, just to, you know, and that ended up opening a bunch of doors for us. And I mean, John Schlitt, here we are 10 years later, I just called him on his birthday earlier this month and we're still friends and we're, you know, so those, those connections, sometimes you have to put yourself out there. Sometimes you have to volunteer to make those connections. Sometimes you even have to invest money to, I mean, we had to pay money to go to Nashville to film that, that music video and put all kinds of time into shooting and editing it. But sometimes that connection is the difference maker in your business because, you know, getting around that person, it could be, it could open a door Maybe they're not paying you, but the person that they're introducing you to is paying you or the person they, that they are introducing you to, you know, says, we need your services. We need your company. We need your skills, your, you know, whatever. And, and so we've never failed in planting seeds like that because they always come back and, and, you know, we end up reaping a, a huge benefit down the road from whatever, whatever doors we're trying to. I think it works the other way too, because Andrew's really good at um, hearing something that someone needs and connecting someone else that we know to that person. Mm. So when you say connection, it's not, it's not just all like a, a selfish connection, like who, you know, who do I want to be around so that I can get further? It's who can we also add value to that we can connect to others so that it, it's a mutually beneficial connection for them as well. And Andrew is really good at that. He's constantly saying, oh, my goodness, we should connect these people or I need to introduce this person to this person. And I mean, it's just, you know, we're humans. We crave relationship and it works. It works. Connecting works in your personal life, in your business. I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Well, I definitely love that. Right. Like not. I mean, and it's the go-giver attitude, right? It's Bob, Bob yeah. Bird putting others first and, and right. not worrying about just knowing that that it'll come back around because mm -hmm. because if you're taking good care of people, people are going to take good care of you. And and you don't have to have that little networking view of, of hey, I got I got you a referral. Where, where, where's my referral? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, I, Andrew, like, is a big fan of, of um, Jeff Henderson's. Um, Four the model he has that's uh yeah it's all about all about uh, highlighting your clients how can mm. i highlight them how can i make their business better um and you know that's the best uh that's he, he he talks about that being the best marketing model that you can have is by elevating other people and it naturally just comes back yeah so good so it's obviously john maxwell team uh character is a, a big part of of our pro of the process, right? Personal growth and development um, is a big part of that. But but how important is you know developing your character as an entrepreneur? You know, there are so many people that I've run into along the 
you know, during the several years that I've been in business. And to me, character is the biggest, the biggest thing. Um, I've worked with people that were incredibly talented, that technically knew their stuff, but they were not a people person. They were, they, I, they gave me the very strong impression, impression that I could not trust them because they'll even say, Hey, nobody's looking, grab some extra snacks off the craft services table or, you know, or, Ooh, nobody, you know, Hey, just load that in my car. Cause you know, or I take them on a shoot and I see them behind my back. They think it's, they think it's behind my back. I see them handing their business card to the guy that hired me and I brought them in as a second camera person. And I go, they're trying to bypass me now. They're trying to cut me out of the deal. And then they're going to go to that person and say, instead of charging you this much, I'll charge you this much. And you can have just me next time. That person is never invited back, you know, and I'll even go to the, to that owner and say, you can't trust this person because I just saw what they did. You know, now most of the people that hire me, will come back to me and go, just so you know, this person came to me and tried, you know, because they know me and they know the character is a big deal. So, you know, there are proper ways to do that. If you're on a shoot and you feel like this is a better fit for me than it is the guy that brought me here, then you go to that guy and say, listen, I have all these different things that I could do for these people would you mind if I gave you a finder's fee and worked with them myself next time? Or would you mind if I gave you a percentage of every time I come here to work with them? Um, you know, cause I'd give them my business card if, if it would be okay with you, you know, and usually, you know, look, give me a few bucks or just go ahead and do it. But when you try and circumvent the chain of command or do something that is underhanded like that, you always end up losing you know, people talk about karma. I'm not really a karma person, but I am a believer that I, I wouldn't call it karma. I do believe, though, that when you put the good things out there into the world, that those good things are going to come back to you. Uh, not always as a direct correlation, but I definitely believe that, you know, um, as you plant seeds of integrity, you're going to harvest uh much sweeter fruit than if you just, you know, go and steal it from somebody else's field, you know. Absolutely. Well, we reap what we sow either way, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. We're sowing seeds How we believe deceit. it. Yes. <laughs> if, if you're sowing seeds of deceit, then you're going to get deceit right back because the universe exactly. is a reflection of, of what you put out. So definitely. Yeah. Either, either soon or, you know, eventually yeah. you will reap. You know, and it may seem for a season that you are, you know, winning, but uh, there is an eventual, uh, you know, judgment for that, for that uh, deceit. <laughs> we will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue, the number two, life.com, addvalue2life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. How have routines helped you guys? How have what? 
Routines. Oh, routines. Uh, I'm the routine, routine person. She's the yeah. routine person. <laughs> me too. <Points> to me. <laughs> um, I think that for me, my personality type is very routine oriented. So it provides in the entrepreneurial life, speaking for myself, uh, a routine does provide some sense of um, safety. Um, you know, because for me, entrepreneurship has been has felt more risky. Um, and so for me taking that step, having something that I did on a routine basis, especially in my business, helps me to feel like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm making progress. I'm, I'm moving forward. Um, so for me, I mean, I'm routine oriented anyway, but for me, it, it, it has helped me to progress. It has helped me to make sure that I was, um, on the mark instead of, you know, just getting up and losing track of my day. Um, so for me, that's what it's meant. Andrew is um, a little less routine oriented. I but... am the opposite <laughs> of routine oriented. I am the other end of the spectrum. So that's why I have Heather to keep me on track. And every morning she'll say, let's consult our schedule. I mean, literally in this house, I think the very first decoration that went up in this room was our calendar. So, I mean, uh, she is definitely calendars, systems, email coordination, all the, you know, all the nuts and bolts. And I'm kind of the fly by my, the seat of my pants, you know. So without her, there's times where I'll go, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do today. And she'll go, um, you're due at the studio in 90 minutes to <laughs> do a film a session. That's what you're going to do. You know, so she's definitely the routine person and it really helps to, to have someone that, you know, is able to, to complement my gifts with, you know, her, her gifts. And she enjoys it. She enjoys taking chaos and turning it into order, you know? And so being an artistic person and way on the creative end of the spectrum, it's, it's really nice to have someone, you know, that, that makes sure our bills get paid on time and our credit score stays way up there, you know, as opposed to me, I'd be living in, you know, a trash heap with, uh, you know, like Lord of the Flies or something. <laughs> I think another way routine it helps me is that it helps me focus. Because uh, I'm very much like I, I do have to have order and uh, the routine kind of helps uh, helps me to um, to stay focused as opposed to when I don't have a routine. Um, and when things are a little more chaotic, it's harder. It's harder for me to accomplish things. Yeah, she like actually can't focus until yeah. like when we moved in, she would rather stay up for 36 hours straight and get all the boxes organized and into all the rooms where they're supposed to go. You know, like you sit down if you wanted to watch TV for the evening. No, until the dishes are done and the counters wiped and everything's straightened up and ready for the morning, I'm not sitting on the couch, you know, and so things there's definitely an order to things that would not be that way we've been married for 32 years and um you know I, like i said my my organization skills are you know still at the kindergarten level uh compared That's to hers nice. we we are definitely cut from the same cloth in both <laughs> departments it's like, <laughs> if it if it weren't for her i'd be in a cardboard box somewhere under a bridge and and yeah. so, yeah, I understand she does pay the mortgage and keeps things organized. And she also has the calendar and she loves spreadsheets far more than any human being should. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so, yeah I start yeah. getting heart palpitations. I can deal with spreadsheets, but he literally like gets like stresses him out as soon as he looks at a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like I. Like, unless unless it's a spreadsheet of equipment that I get to buy for I someone. Thought, like, I thought of that. Yeah. yeah like, somehow like, that spreadsheet doesn't bother you so much. No, like if somebody says I have 30 grand to put my studio together, I go, ooh, let's let me create a spreadsheet. Not so bad. <laughs> you know, this is beautiful. Exactly. Now it's all organized and nice and neat. Then well, he cares about organization. Yeah. I mean, my stuff is here. Look, this is. This is, I don't know if this is going to destroy everything, but see all my, I've got a bunch of keyboards and everything, you know, with the cables, all, everything's nice and organized there. Uh, drum machines and all that stuff, you know, so my stuff is organized when it comes to my camera gear, but my normal life, well, everything else in the house is her organization. <laughs> I, I won't even show you that my cables, cause they're not quite <laughs> Although, although it's functional, we'll give it that. Yeah, there you go. So, Andrew, let's talk a little bit about the transition from music store to to business recording to to making videos for for John Maxwell and and speakers and and courses. So basically, uh, I, when I was like 12, 13, 14 years old, I started messing around with keyboards and drum machines, like the stuff that's over here. And you know, I was always programming music and doing that in my spare time, even when, I mean, years ago, when we first got married, I worked for her dad. I was a logger for four years in upstate New York, driving, wow. a, bull, driving a bulldozer around in the woods, you know, so uh, it, it was the worst job they make. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was pretty bad. Yes. It, it, yeah. Like get in the shower, you got a $5 allowance, hop out of the shower and jump in the freezer. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. I literally, we made almost no money. So I, you know, I had five bucks a week to spend on McDonald's or something, but basically, so I had been doing keyboard and drum machine stuff for years. So when we moved to New Jersey, I, there was a guy there that, that was a friend of a friend of ours and he had a music store. So I started working with him. I set my keyboards up to just do music there. Then I had people coming in saying, hey, we have this commercial. Can you do the music for our commercial? So I built a recording studio, started doing music for their, you know, that led to doing music literally for, I mean, I produced a song for NSYNC back in the day. I mean, so some, you know, bigger groups and, and that type of thing had songs in, in some movie soundtracks and that type of thing. but. When my pastor came in and said, can you do the video thing? Obviously, when you're editing video in a recording studio, you have a bunch of clients that come in and go, hey, music, video, can you do my music video? So that worked into doing tons of music videos. And I ended up doing four music videos for Vicki Winans and some other big, you know, like gospel acts and that type of thing. And um it was a lot of paying dues. I mean, the first three years of video for the church, it was zero dollars. It was literally just messing around with their equipment to try and, you know, make something. And that that three years of volunteering turned into my main source of income. By 2007, I was completely out of audio uh, other than mixing audio that's in a video and going completely into the, um, you know, the just just doing video and using my audio skills in the video but i did a whole bunch of um 
TV commercials and stuff. I had a producer in New York City that would send me, here's a Mercedes-Benz commercial with no sound on it. You know, put all the engine sounds in it, put the music to it. I had music on 13 seasons of America's Next Top Model and, you know, a bunch of different TV shows and that type of thing. But when um, in 2008, uh, the pastor of the church that we went to in up in New York said, hey, I love the skit video that you shot for church. Um, you should upload these to, there's a site called Sermon Spice hmm. and churches all over the place download these videos like from Worship House Media and Sermon Spice and all these places. So I started shooting skits and like on the side, I'd have regular video clients, but on the side I was shooting skits and that type of thing. We shot a bunch with our family and uh, I can give you links to some that you can see online, but churches all over would download these. And in fast forward to 2014, when, you know, Heather went to the, the IMC, at, you know, in Orlando and I would stay up in the room and I'd be editing videos on my laptop or whatever. And she'd be down getting all this content. She's like, oh my gosh, you got to hear this <laughs> stuff. It's amazing. So I kind of went down to pick, you know, get her for lunch. We were going to, I was coming in, I think we, I paid for the meal plan. So I was going in and I heard five minutes of John Maxwell and immediately got an idea for a skit video for the John Maxwell team. And so it wasn't, I mean, in 2015, I ran into Paul Martinelli, who was the president of the John Maxwell team. And I said, Hey, I shoot videos. He was coming out of the room, 2000 people in the room. I'm like, I shoot videos. I do skit videos. I do all this stuff. I'd love to talk to you about an idea that I have for creating some skit videos for the John Maxwell team. And he, he's like, okay, here's my assistant. Get, get a hold of her. And that went nowhere. Yeah. Fast forward to 2017 and she was doing one-on-one -on -one mentoring with Paul. And now we have his ear and she was doing a four hour in-person session with Paul and she said, do you mind if I do three and a half hours and my husband does half an hour? And he said, no, that's fine. So I actually went and shot one of these skit videos for the John Maxwell team. I don't know if you guys have seen on the site, the, the Sandcastle video. Yep. That video that was, was the one he, that, that was the pitch video. That video was shot before I had the deal with the John Maxwell team. I went, I came up with the idea from a thing John Maxwell had said, which was actually you know, John Maxwell said, when I go to a meeting, let's say I'm rolling out a new plan and I have 10 points that are going to be part of this plan. Somebody might say in the meeting, and we can do this. He said, it might be number six on my list, but I just cross it out and go, that's a great idea, Bill. And you know what? You'll be in charge of that part of the rollout. <laughs> and now Bill thinks he came up with the idea now, he did come up with it. It just happens to be number six. John says, I have two choices at that point in time. I can either go, yeah, I already thought of that. Well, now Bill is sitting back like, yeah, I've just been told that I'm an idiot. You know, right. I've been told that my idea is redundant. So, or choice number two, I tell Bill he's a genius and he's in charge of that. Now he's the captain of that idea. He's in charge of it. As far as, as far as everyone in the room, Bill came up with, you know, that, that idea that sparked in my brain, the sandcastle video, which is you don't always have to take credit for a thing. You can give that credit to someone else because 
they will become a fan of you for life. Even if they know that most of the credit is due you, if you give them the credit in front of other people, you have a fan for life that will follow you anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so that was the, that was kind of the download in my brain from hearing John Maxwell, but that was the video that sandcastle video is what i used to pitch to paul hey what do you think about doing a library of these and he immediately gave me a budget that was yes we need it and what do you need to do it is pretty much what <laughs> yeah yes we would love to do that i'd love to invest in that and the check that he handed me was more than our annual income at the time so i was all over that um, but that led right into i mean before i even started on the rest of the skit videos um, Paul had reached out to Deb and Gino who, and said, Hey, those club videos you, you want to get done. Uh, I'd love to have, you know, Andrew do those. And so Deb, we had met with Deb and Gino before we even met with Paul, uh, to, you know, to go over the library of videos, but basically it was literally like an instant connection. And so that's investing in yourself, but that all that's came, the power of mentorship. To, I that's, have to say. It was interesting, just a little copy, like a little missing piece of the story was when back to, you know, the amount that I had to invest to mentor with, with my, from that first mentorship one-on-one -on -one with Paul, um, that came from both of us. I mean, that was not just me, that was our money. And Andrew's like, I think we just, I think you need to do it. Hands down, you need to do it. And he kind of put some of his stuff on hold. He could have, you know, he could have invested more money in camera gear or anything, and the coolest thing was that out of that investment in my mentorship came both of us being able to do what we wanted to do. And uh, that is just the coolest to this day. That's the coolest thing. And I mean, ultimately, it was that connection with Paul that brought the connection with John and, you know, has led him to being able to do um, what he's doing now today with filming John and the team. So. So we had the connection with Paul. We've put, you know, started filming the videos. We started if you see the club videos or any of the you know promos that are on the site where you see the leadership game being played and the die you know rolling in slow motion that was all shot in new york uh at our house in new york the leadership game and um but the connection to paul led to you know all kinds of other stuff so it's not you know mentorship is not just about what you're learning it's about who you're running into it's about who you become in the process really but um, Paul then put me in front of John. And I mean, we, we came down here in 2018. I built the studio. We actually put the studio up in September of 2018. We didn't move our stuff down till October. So we hadn't even moved here when I built the studio. And um, the first entire year we had the studio open, John was in the studio one time. <laughs> and so at first I was like, okay, we're making money you know, we have money, we have other money coming in from other stuff, but so far the studio has been kind of a dud. Well, that was, that was end of 2019 was the end of our first year. Fast forward a couple months, we saw you guys there in January of 2019 or 2020. And two months later, John has been in my studio. I mean, there were times there where he was in my studio every week, sometimes a couple times a week. Um, During multiple, COVID, it was his main, yeah, it was his yeah. main. And he said to me, I don't know what in the world we would have done 
had all my speaking engagements got canceled and you didn't have this studio here. So I'm going to brag on him for a second, like right on his desk. At the beginning of this year, he got a personal note from John telling yes. him, you know, telling him. Uh, it's not focused. Go ahead and read it. There. Is there. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll read it. <laughs> Go ahead and read it. Yeah. He said, Andrew, as I review 2021, you are one of my highlights. Since COVID, you have, you have stepped up and, and become irreplaceable helping me get the message out to those who need it. You are a man of excellence, guided by your servant's heart. Being with you in the studio is a delight. Knowing you has made me great. Uh, knowing you better makes me grateful. Love, John. So. That was cool. <laughs> not, yeah. not everybody gets a handwritten note from John at the end of the year. And that definitely, you know, I mean, John, we have become, you know, buddies. We were just at his birthday party a couple nights ago. He just sent me a video from his private jet. <laughs> but, but so to anyone wondering, this is not just, this is not just talking about Andrew. Um, John's the real deal. He like does what he says he does. You know, he talks about at the end of the year, putting a list together and handwriting notes to people that are important. He does it. <laughs> Yeah. He doesn't just talk about it or use it in an example of, you know, but um, those, those, you know, those connections and it's, you know, people, people look at other people and say, how did you do it? And if it's making a carrot cake or making a lasagna, you can do it pretty much how I did it. You know what I mean? You can follow the recipe, get the get the ingredients I tell you to get. You you know, put the stove at the right temperature. You know, you can pretty much do what I did with a recipe. When it comes to life, there are way more variables than that. So not everything that we say is going to work for you. You may, you know, have way more money or way less money than we have. Uh, at the end of your process, but these ingredients do work. And those ingredients are um, investing in yourself. One of the biggest, one of the biggest shifts for us was, and Heather like hated this idea at first, but I, I read this article that said that getting up a couple hours earlier in the morning was like a huge thing. And I said, well, why don't we commit to the next three months? Because very few people get up at 4.30 in the morning to watch Netflix. <laughs> um, it's So if you eliminate two hours of unproductive time at night and stick it in the morning, and so Heather would sit on the bed and read John Maxwell books, and I was writing scripts for that library of videos that's now, you know, uh, that library of videos made a hundred thousand dollars in the first four hours that it was open. So that has been, I, I was part of that. Okay. There you go. You, you bought on day one. I did. Okay. Well that, that library of videos that um, you know, it's basically three months of getting up at four 30 in the morning. Um, now, is that going to work for everyone? No, it depends on your situation, but I guarantee you, that if you, you know, I've had a couple different mentors say, when what was the last when was the last time that you spent 15 to 30 minutes a day mm -hmm. brainstorming 
about how to improve your situation, how to double your income, how to whatever it is. If it's taking online classes, if you take three months and invest an extra two hours, two hours a day is, you know, I mean, we did it Monday through Friday. That's 10 hours a week. That's a quarter of most people's work week that we said we're going to, you know, so that that's adding one more work week per month, but completely devoting it to improving a skill, gaining some, you know, reading extra books. I was writing scripts because I didn't have time with all my clients to do that during the week. So we basically, you know, shifts like that, that are made, you know, that's where big, huge gains are made is when you, when you completely shift to, I'm going to focus on improving my skill because the only guarantee tomorrow will be better is that I'm doing something to improve tomorrow today, you know? Yeah. So good. I mean, obviously, you mentioned all the ingredients right in the recipe, but but Wallace D. Waddles pretty much clarifies that if if one person can do it in your town, in your place, in your career, in, in your field, then you can do it. And so the truth is that you can do it and and you do have to do things different. You have to do things different than your neighbors. You have to do things different than those people that aren't willing to get up at two at four thirty and you know, use those extra two hours to improve themselves to make themselves more valuable to the marketplace. And, and you guys have proven the value that that adds to you, but then that value add that you give to others, right? Those, those videos that you created aren't just good for one person. They're, they're marketing thousands of people now and helping them build their companies and build their businesses. And the value that they've generated far, far exceeds the hundred thousand dollars that people have invested and given, you know, as the cost of those videos. And so it's, it's a multiplier, right? Figuring out ways to multiply your value, which multiplies the value in the marketplace, which multiplies the impact. Which, and I, I really love the fact that like on Sermon Spice, you know, you shoot a video and you do it on Sermon Spice and you're selling that video to each church for 20 bucks or 10 bucks. So no church is paying you 2000 or 5000 dollars for that video so if they want to see your video they pay 20 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever you're selling it for but there's still a way for you to make 20 30 40 grand we've had videos on sermon spice make over a hundred thousand dollars because so many people have downloaded the video um you know and i like that concept that you're Absolutely. not i'm not like going to you you know and saying pay me twenty thousand dollars to make this video I'm going to 20,000 people, you know, or, or however many people and saying, give me 20 bucks for this. So it can add know. value to more people because it's a, it's a, it's easier to access. Yeah. yeah. So how has gratitude been a part of your journey? Oh, my goodness. Um, gratitude is so important for me. It grounds me. It can, it is, when I focus on it, I can change my mood almost instantly, but with it, um, no matter what a day or a week or a month look like, if, if I find myself, you know, getting, getting depressed about maybe not enough businesses coming into my liking or, um, you know, whatever the situation might be, I instantly, when I move to gratitude can change my mindset. 
Um, and the more I focus on what I'm grateful for, the more I literally can feel my, uh, my attitude and my, um, you know, my mindset shifting. And so for me, it's like, it's like an instant elixir of being able to, to, to change my, my perspective. It, it works in any situation about anything. I mean, you can be eating terrible food in a bad restaurant and find something to be grateful for. You're eating. <laughs> yeah. You know, you could be working out and, you know, you're, you're in pain because you're, you know, but I have a gym to work out in. I've done that the before. I've done that know. before, literally at the gym when I'm, you know, I'm, I find myself walking in going, oh my gosh, I hate this. I can't <laughs> believe I'm doing this again today. And seriously, if I can, if I can catch myself in that moment and move to gratitude and say, but you know what? I'm thankful that I have the strength and, and that I'm healthy enough that I'm able to walk in this building and work out because not everyone has the strength or the health to be able to do this. And literally like in, within a matter of minutes, it's just my, my, my mindset and my attitude. It's so important. I mean, we have a gratitude, we've done gratitude journals before. Um, and man, that's a great one, you know, right, right before you go to sleep, writing down five different things every day that you're, it sounds so easy, but it really is a game changer. That's a great question. It's, it's huge. Nice. All right. Let's, let's, uh, not be so serious now. What, how, how important is play and fun? <laughs> you know, the very first date that Heather and I had, <laughs> I said some dumb stuff that made her laugh. And she uh, has told me literally to this day, um, you know, your sense of humor and, um, you know, I'm not really cracking many jokes on this, but, uh, you know, the ability to have fun in any situation. If you're walking through Disney and you're getting you know, rain pouring on you. Like, how can we have fun in this situation? How can we turn this into a lesson or turn this into some fun game that we're playing or something? You know, that has just been our constant thing. And I grew up, you know, juggling and riding a unicycle and, and you know, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So I literally, there is no chance I'm going to grow up, you know, for a long time. I'm like, when I grow up, I want to. And then I realized I'm, that's kind of, you know, that's not going to happen. Like, you know, let's go ahead and admit it. You know, I do what I do, so I don't have to wear a tie ever. Um, but basically, um, you know, it's not like everything we do is all fun and games, but how can we turn what we're doing into something where, you know, let's put some music on and play music while we're washing dishes, or let's, you know, uh, turn this, you know, this, whatever this thing is into, you know, a family game or a, you know, you know, and our kids have the same sense of humor as me. So I was just everything gonna say, is like they, the three of them have the craziest sense of humor. So, you, you know, in our house, you don't go much more than 10, 15 minutes without someone making a wisecrack and everybody laughing. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have to kind of, to roll with it, but we appreciate laughter. I mean, it's, it's huge. And, um, and someone's always laughing or cracking some kind of a crazy, crazy joke around here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's funny, John. I was giving John Maxwell just, he, he was giving life advice that his dad was giving or Dan Cathy or Ed Bastian or all these, you know, major people were giving. So I just started coming up with funny advice that I had heard and that, 
you know, like, you know, before you criticize someone, walk a mile in their shoes because then you're a mile away and you have their shoes. <laughs> you know, but he started taking this advice and giving it out. And I mean, these things were going out to a million people a day. And it was like, here's good advice and Andrew advice. What do you, you know, call so, it? Andrew advice. You know, so just having a good time, you know, ha having, you know, funny things come into your brain and being able to share them with other people is like, you know, all, all I do. <laughs> That's awesome. The question in our household is which one of the three of them between my husband and my daughter and my son are going to make the, make the comment first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other day it was John, John Maxwell said, you know, you got to have this because you, you can't give away what you don't have. It's true. And my brain started coming up with, actually, there are things that you can give away that you don't have. So I started making a list and I showed them, <laughs> with them after it. You can give someone a headache. <laughs> you can give someone a wedgie <laughs> or drum lessons, a haircut, third degree burns, a root canal, a Nobel Peace Prize. An autopsy. You don't have to have an autopsy to give someone an autopsy. So you do need a license, though. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that, that that's the kind of stuff my brain does all the time. Is like, how can I have fun in this situation? And you know, I don't sit there and mock John. Obviously, you no, know, John actually appreciates it, though. Yeah, he he will, you know, give me a big hug and laugh and whatever. But you know, he'll say, "You'll have to send that to me because I'll have to share that with Mark." You know. Nice. Um, but anyway, having fun doing whatever we're doing is like a, a huge part of one of know. our fun. One of the things we love to do the most is play games together. I mean, like fun, funny games. We had some friends over just Saturday night. And I think we literally all laughed so hard that our stomachs hurt. So we, there's a game called Curses. Have you ever heard that game? It's a no. board game. It's basically it sounds bad, but it's not like it's what not it sounds a, it's not a curse like you're cursing. It's it's more like you're giving someone else an impediment. Oh. for the game so you have to do uh our one friend uh dan bird who who um he's a theater guy he's the guy that actually built the set at my studio so if you see the set behind john maxwell with the stone walls and stuff this guy the guy who built that set is is hilarious but his impediments is he had to speak anytime someone would touch him he had to say he had to hide his cards and say, oh, they're after me, Lucky Charms. So he was like, <laughs> he was like a leprechaun. Then another impediment he got is everything he said, he had to say through an imaginary CB radio. <laughs> another impediment he got was he had to sneeze after everything he said. So oh, nice. you know, it became, and then he and had then, to. And then people get, would touch him on purpose because they wanted him to have to. And then of course. Electric shock. If someone touched him, he had to act like he was being shocked. So every time somebody would touch him, he would go, oh, they're after me, Lucky Charms, over, you know, <laughs> like every time anyone touched him throughout the, the whole game, it was CB, Lucky Charms, shock, you know. We were and, laughing so hard. It's it, it, Laughter really is the best medicine, but we were tired the next day, though. A lot of laughing makes you tired. <laughs> we wore ourselves out with that particular one. So are, if you guys, if you guys talk to a lot of different people, about like their best advice or their entrepreneurial journey. Why don't you share with us? Cause you know, I'm sure there's people that watch your, your podcast, uh, you know, every week, but there's a bunch of people that will come in and maybe this is the first time they've ever seen it. 
What's some of the advice that you've gotten that you guys have carried forward that you could pass along to us and say, um, this is something somebody said that stuck with me forever. Wow. Has, so, has any of it stuck with you forever? Well, I hope so. Like, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a hundred episodes. Or oh, wow. Now. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's uh there's been some amazing advice. And of course, you know, I think it really boils down to the power in entrepreneurship is is finding the the solution you provide to humanity and and amplifying it right and being willing to to put that out there and and be so be your authentic self and serve your authentic audience and and I think just aligning your purpose and passion with what you do is going to empower you to success and there's if you do it authentically there's no way to fail that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Also comparing yourself, you don't compare yourself to other people. Am I better than this person? Mm -hmm. Am I worth compare yourself to the best version of you? Absolutely. Compare yourself to the you that maybe got up an extra two hours early a day for three months. Are you better than that version of you? You know, and if not, maybe you need to make that sacrifice for the next three months, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, ask you one more question. What is yeah. your big dream? Go ahead. What's your big dream? The one where I'm being chased by a cucumber through the mall. <laughs> no. See what I mean? <laughs> I get it. That's my big nightmare. No. As long as you get it on video, it'll be worth something. Yeah. If I can video my dreams, that would be crazy. Um, we are about to move into another phase of our life. And um, basically my studio is gonna be combining with the John Maxwell team studio. And uh, it's gonna be about eight miles south of where it is right now. And it's gonna be a big studio with a big, huge video wall and sets. My set is moving down there. And the opportunities that are gonna go along with that um are plentiful and they're amazing the ability because currently we do video packages at the imc and uh then you know it's six months till the next imc uh, chris robinson is wanting people to be able to come and shoot video and photo packages you know once a month uh and come film your your digital products here and that type of thing, but also being over a lot more video projects and actually heading up a team of people that are doing video filming and editing. And so kind of, uh, you know, combining that with some of our personal dreams, um, that's a huge one for me, the ability to be over a team of people doing video instead of just, you know, doing, doing the, the running the whole show myself. Um, but for us also, uh, a lot more travel, um, and possibly, you know, snowboarding we'll do like 10 day, two week, two month Airbnb somewhere. Uh, and so for us being able to get away from Florida, people go, where do you vacation when you live in paradise, you know, but going up to the mountains where there is actually a fall, you know, and is actually snow that we can visit for two weeks or something, <laughs> um, you know, so more travel, that type of thing. But uh, it's funny in 2018, if you would have asked us this, 
a lot of what we're doing right now is, you know, was on that dream list. But once you once you get to the summit of the mountain, it's not until you get to that perspective that you see that this is only a foothill on the mountain. This isn't this wasn't the peak. I couldn't see the rest of the mountain from where I was. And now that I'm up here, I see there's more mountain. And so we're kind of at a turning point in our lives where we're we're at that spot and we can see more mountain. And so for us, it's just really figuring out what, you know, what the next steps are and um, how, how to make sure that we're we're uh, aligning with all of the the values and the and the the dreams that we originally intended to uh you know, put it, put in motion. And empty nest is around the corner. So that's a, a blessing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um, for me to kind of take it one step bigger, the, the dream is really living out for me, living out my purpose with the people that I love and respect the most. Um, if I can spend, you know, the rest of um, my working days working toward toward aligning my purpose with with what I do for a living and um, adding value to other people. And for me and my per us and our personal values of faith, you know, leading people to Christ, um, that all coming together in one, which it seems to be doing, um, that's my dream. And, um, you know, working with people that are important to me, like our family, like I want to be able to, to do what we do together. To me, that's, that's part of the dream. And um, so, yeah, I think that that's important and uh, we're excited. Yeah. When you, when you do what you love to do, um, it's like the, the road to this part of our journey uh, was a lot of carving away. <laughs> um, so, you know, the music store, I was like, hey, music. I like music. I like making music. I like recording music. So music store. But then I'm cleaning trumpets and restringing guitars. And I go, <laughs> you know, maybe if I could carve away the parts I don't like, recording studio, cool. And now I'm doing music and recording music. But then when you're listening to guys in the vocal booth doing rap about God knows what, you're like, okay, maybe listening to this wasn't what I had in mind exactly. Maybe if I could align with people that have similar values to me. So, you know, recording more gospel music and recording, you know, and, and it's like you get closer and closer and it's not until you get there that you go, this is not exactly what I wanted. This is not exactly, but it's getting me closer to what I wanted. And, um, you know, it's just amazing how, you know, when, when you do plant that flag and say, that's where I'm going, that is where I'm headed. Um, you know, the other night, it was literally at John's birthday party the other night that Heather just like was tearing up and, and I was like, well, what, what's is everything? Okay. You know? And she said, I just feel like I'm getting closer and closer to my, my purpose and my calling. And, um, you know, she was just overcome with emotion that she's part of a team like this, that um, they're not, you know, priority one for them is not making money. Mm. Um, and John made it very clear from the stage at his birthday that 
the most important number for him was the the number of souls that he was winning to Christ. And uh, you know, this may not be a Christian podcast, but if if you it, it, it has it is enough. <laughs> okay, well, you know, people most people are not offended when you say that, and if they are, I'm sorry. But basically, I'm the, most, the most important number to John was the 376,000 or however many people that had been won to Christ through his, his ministry. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to him, it was like the leadership thing is just a vehicle to get us to establish relationship and, and, and show people a standard, but they don't even realize that that standard came from the Bible. And all this talk of, you know, the, the extra work, working hard, you know, uh, a servant is worthy of his hire and, and um, investing in something that is bigger than yourself and, um, you know, working for a cause that is, is not just making me more money, but is actually ha has an eternal purpose. All those things are the most important thing. It's, it, it's when you can align what you love to do with something that is bigger and better than yourself, um, that, that's where success comes from. If you're setting out just to make the most amount of money, you're not going to be happy at the end of your life because you, your ladder is against the wrong wall. Mm, amen. Well, the impact and significance that John is seeking to make and, and the, the blessing in my mind is the number of people that he's empowering to make significance and impact in the world is even, is even greater because the mission will continue. And, and I love that. And so love you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us today. And we appreciate you so much. Well, thank Absolutely. you so much for having us. And, um, and thank you for doing this and adding value to entrepreneurs and encouraging, encouraging them on their journey. We appreciate what you guys are doing. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, Misty Rose Gold is a beautiful spirit following the calling that God placed on her heart and pulled her from her own life of despair to help others experience wholeness and healing. She shares some of her tools for overcoming your past and believing in the power of your dream.